1: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora and Odyssey Sports Original.
0: Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. I'm not going to spell it for you, but you can figure it out. And I have the pleasure, the honor, as always, to be joined by my buddy, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. We are both back from the beach. We are both refreshed. We are both ready to go. And Baldy, this week, we are ready to attack the NFC West as we continue to break down these divisions as we are now mere days away from the start of NFL training camps.
1: Well, you know, there's always these reminders that we are days away, Jason. In yes, my, sir. My reminder um, I want to share this with the, with all the audience. I, I, I yesterday received an, a package from the NFL. It was four different colored polo jerseys. The rainbow uniform <laughs> for when we go to training camp, and we do all these inside training camp shows, which start uh, next Tuesday, July 27th, the official uh, opening day for the NFL. And so it was a big day for me yesterday, just as a, gentle reminder that uh, training <laughs> camp is here. I got my travel schedule, uh, Jason, I think I'm yep. heading to 11 or 12 training camps. I've got my protocol, my vaccination card, uh, you know, my, my test kits to make sure I'm COVID free. Like it's all, it's all kind of come together here very quickly.
0: Yes, it is. It is now very much upon us. Baldy. I, I received no care packages, but I have been in very close contact with, uh, the travel department at CBS this past week, and, and I too have a, uh, a pretty good idea of my training camp schedule. I think I'll probably see, probably about the same as you, between, between 10 to 12 teams, um, including preseason games. So, yeah, we, we, we have a preseason, which we haven't had in, in a couple of years, uh, and we are very much excited to go. Um, unfortunately, we, 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 we're going to start this uh, run through the division here um, with, with a significant injury to the L.A. Rams, uh, Cam Akers became a, a, a real um, dependable feature back for them. We know how much Sean McVay coming out of that Kyle Shanahan um, background wants to run the ball, wants to have a dynamic back, uh, and you, you lose a young man for the season a week before training camp or so L- less than, than ideal. I would just say, Baldy, from my perspective, um, I, I hate thinking in these terms, but ultimately you have to. I think an injury like this to that team with that scheme where, you know, when Gurley went down a few years ago, they found a CJ Anderson and he was productive. Um, I don't want to say it's plug and play, but but I think if they were to lose an offensive lineman or two, that to me would be a, a more um, fatal blow to their January hopes. Than it is losing a very good running back, but still a running back in July with this much time to find other fits and to sort of go by committee if if need be.
1: I think otherwise, Jason. I looked oh, cool. around. You know the Rams. I mean, all the talk is Stafford, and that's fine. Um, I've said this before: the Rams are an unusually built team. Uh, You know, they're the only team in the NFL outside of their quarterback that doesn't have a number one draft pick anywhere, wide receiver, offensive line, running back. Um, They're built around their stars. You know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, when they play their quarterback, when they, they play big and play great, they usually win or have a good chance of winning. I think half of their cap is tied up in those three players. Yeah. Stafford, Ramsey and Donald. Now, I was around Aaron Cromer. Uh, a week and a half ago, and he's a great he's a great coach. I don't know how the Rams are going to replace him. I don't know what exactly happened between him and Sean McVay. He says he's still going to Sean McVay's wedding, if the wedding is still on, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the offensive line is a question mark. It has been uh, for a couple of years. But the one thing that was clear in the second half of the season is Cam Akers was – not just their starting running back, but he could be a star running back. And if you watch him against, and I know you did, against Seattle in a playoff game, he ran right through Bobby Wagner and that whole defense in Seattle, which was pretty good against the run all year. He's, he was a difference maker. I, they don't have that in Daryl Henderson or anybody else in that roster. It'll be interesting because I was thinking about this coming in today. Like, Could, could Frank Gore, <laughs> could oh Adrian Peterson – show up in Los Angeles? I mean, I think they need a back, Jason. I, you know, I mean, you saw two years ago when Todd Gurley really went south and the running game fell to, like, 28th in the NFL. They didn't get anywhere near the postseason. And, you know, there are other factors involved. But, you know, the running game is a big, big part of making this offense go. And I I think it's a big loss losing Cam Akers.
0: Do, do you – Find if you're a Rams fan though, do you find some solace in the fact that um Washington nobody knew who Alfred Morris was, right? And then Alfred Morris is there yeah. with McVeigh and Shanahan and and he's a thing. And you know, they 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 can kind of find dudes. No, I mean, there's somebody with speed and twitch on somebody's practice squad who I'm not saying will be acres but could fill the gap. Do, do, is that line of thinking? Well, I mean, like,
1: let's just look at what they had last year. Let's just say Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. And, you know, they had the rookie, Cam Akers. And, you know, they, they they did a committee thing for the first half of the season. And then they, they kind of realized that Cam Akers was the guy of the second half. And it looked totally different. Yeah, I mean, the, yes, Jason, to your point, um, you know, running backs, that's why they've you know, the word devalued has been used yeah. quite a bit over the last decade. You can find these guys. Nobody knew who, uh, you know, James Robinson was last year at this time. Right. He ran for over 1,000 yards in 14 games. So it is possible, but I, uh, maybe Jake Funk out of, you know, Maryland, I think yes, they sir. drafted him like in the seventh round. Yep. All right, maybe we'll find out, and maybe we'll be surprised. So um, it, I, I, I think it's – I think it's pretty significant. I will bet that that was a real uh, crushing blow inside the walls of the Rams uh, organization this this week, and it's a terrible loss. I mean, I, first of all, I, you know, young kids who tear their Achilles. Yeah. I yeah. don't know, Jason. It's, hard to, I'm it's hard, hard. to be the Jones same. Scored his. I I don't know if you get that bounce in your step yeah. coming back. Yeah. Um. And I, I sure would like to know why. You see so many torn Achilles, just guys working out these days. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's an
0: alarm to me. Well, you mentioned Matthew Stafford and, and he was the biggest acquisition in this division. I, I think in the entire offseason. if the Rams yeah. are as good as I still think they can be, we may look back and say that was the singular most impactful acquisition of the entire 2021 offseason. The fact that Sean McVay has him now, right. And, and, I'm going to speak for him. He would never say this, and maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I think. Okay. I think Sean McVay thinks for the first time in a long time, he's got a big, big, big boy quarterback who could make any throw to any quadrant of the field at any time, whether that was scripted or not, versus golf where he had to be in his ear till the very last second, right, till that microphone cut off, trying to put him in the best position to... Do I I don't want to say keep it simple, stupid, but but to emphasize not playing outside yourself. Where now he has a quarterback who who can play outside himself, if that makes sense.
1: And, well, and, I, it, it does, Jason. It does. I mean, I, I think they had you know I think he had to literally maybe program, him a little bit.
0: Yes, I
1: think he had he had to program, you know, Jared Goff a great deal. Um, you know, in situations and really put him in the best possible situation, and he. I think he guided them, you know, pretty well. In fact, after that rookie year with or not his rookie year, second year, first year with McVay, you know, defense started realizing that there was McVay 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and he was waiting up into that 15 second yeah. mark to really make the call uh, on the offense and then the defense then had 15 seconds to adjust. And Gurley was healthy and you know, they they really were rocking and rolling. Pretty pretty early. But uh, I, I do think with Stafford, uh, you know, you can put an awful lot on him. You can load the robot during the week, as uh, John Gruden used to like to say about uh-huh. his quarterbacks, and then let him go play and play more freely, as you suggest, you know, once the game starts.
0: So so could that result in an evolution of this offense, especially yeah. with the Akers injury?
1: Yeah, it It can. Because I, I do think that the receiving core is, is very talented, mm-hmm. including the tight ends. Um, I do think that that's possible. Um, I do think the loss of Shane Waldron, Aaron Cromer, you know, yeah, a defensive coordinator. I mean, I, yeah, that's a lot. I and it, and you know, I have a great deal. We all do great deal of respect for Sean McVay. You don't have to be around him for more than fifteen seconds to realize yes. this guy has has it. Um. But that's still a big loss. You can't still – like the defense went from number 17 to number one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and so to lose that guy so quickly, I, I don't know that they're going to get the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that that, that, that they can – I don't know if they can replace that the way, uh, he, the way that he called it the defense a year ago and the way that they really performed and down the stretch really played well and played well in a playoff game. So I always am a little hesitant when teams have to replace so much, you know, from the coaching staff.
0: Well, yeah. If, if Matt Stafford was their most significant acquisition, if, if things go well, we may look back and say Raheem Morris was the second most, uh, significant. If he's able to keep that, that defense anywhere around where, where Brandon Staley uh, had it. Um, it was a it was a it was a big off season for quarterbacks in Seattle as well. Baldy, um, nothing changed. Nobody left. But um, yeah. Russell Wilson made it pretty clear that not everything was hunky dory, not all the decisions being made there on the coaching staff and with their offensive philosophy were to his liking. Not all the personnel decisions he felt like um, had given him the best chance to succeed with how they're allocating assets inability to really shore up that offensive line, et cetera. Um, everybody puts that to bed now because it's time to play football again. Stay tuned until January. Uh, where are you on this Seattle team? Um, do you feel like they are poised to get back to where they were when the Legion of Boom was, was at its pinnacle, or are they another one of these – Very good, but not great teams that might not be able to put together two, three wins in January.
1: Well, I mean, since, you know, look, Russell Wilson is part of the problem. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but when you pay the quarterback, what you pay the quarterback, you can't put the Legion of Boom together. Right. And keep it together the way they did. And for four straight years in a row, they gave up the fewest points in the NFL, um, a stretch that we had never seen before. And so, you know, you look at them defensively and you go, okay, uh, you know, they because the quarterback makes X amount of dollars, you can make a trade and acquire Gabe Jackson. That's an upgrade. Um, no question about it. Right guard. Uh, you can bring in, um, you know, I, I think a very good free agent, carry Heider. But, you know, the pass rush is still going to be questionable. Uh, the secondary is going to be questionable. You don't really add a lot to the receiving core, although DK and Tyler Lockett are are excellent. Um, you know you could say okay the, the, the tight end position was upgraded. some people believe it is with the addition of Gerald Everett but I never saw Gerald Everett as a big a big threat in the passing game maybe he becomes one for Seattle. yeah to me the, the question really to me is Pete Carroll is going to play the game a certain way. Yeah, he's going to want to run the old football. school, old school. And so you can bring in Shane Waldron, but he's going to get programmed by Pete. Mm-hmm. And if he's out there coming out of the tunnel, throwing the football and Russell Wilson gets to eat and he's happy for a while until the turnovers accumulate like they did a year ago. I mean, Pete Carroll is going to look at that and go That's not the way you win. Yep. And that's not the way I want to win. And that's just Pete. So to me, you can make all these changes, Everett and Gabe Jackson, all this stuff, and bring in the coordinator from the Rams and look at this playbook. Pete Carroll, first down, we're going to pound it. We're going to get the running game going. And that's, you know, there's Russell Wilson at the Super Bowl this year watching Tom Brady win a seventh-year you know, and he's going, I want number two, and I want to be able to come out and throw it around the yard the way Brady does. So I just think there's a philosophical difference between the two.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I, I wonder if at some point a leopard changes his spots. I'm with you. I don't I don't think Pete can or will at this stage. But I also think that Pete maybe has fallen victim to overestimating his defense the last few years. And I, I don't know, Baldy. I look at the the asset allocation on that team and where the blue chip players are, and I almost feel like they might need to be first-team to 35 wins. You know what I mean? They, they might need to be willing to accept some of the mistakes that come from throwing the ball 40-plus times because you're not going to run yourself to 38 points in this league, and I think the defense still has issues. I think they have to win in the 30s.
1: Well, you know, they had only three draft picks this year, okay? And so – You go, where's the help on defense? All right, they drafted a corner, Trey Brown at Oklahoma. But, you know, they acquire Akello Weatherspoon. I don't think the 49ers were dying to, Uh -uh. you know, try to keep him. Uh, We'll see. I mean, they you know, Trey Flowers has been a good player since he got there. But, you know, the corners, the safeties, Jamal Adams, you know, was really uh, a linebacker. He's a linebacker. That's how they play him. You know, the, the defensive line at once was their greatest, you know, the Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom, but it all got started up front. Yes. And, you know, from Michael Bennett to, you know, I just go through the list of names, they were a force. And you can't say that about this defensive front now. And so did they miss on LJ Collier? He's going into his third year now, and he really hasn't made a big impact. I, I thought it was a little bit of a reach you know, I, I saw him a lot at TCU. I mean, I want to like LJ, but I haven't really seen a jump where, you know, he's that number one draft pick, mm-hmm. like a Brian Burns who came out of that draft that really looks like he's changing the game and is really elevating his game, you know, each year so far. You just don't see that from him. And, you know, if you miss at that position, Jason, in that first round, and I'm not saying he's a bust yet, but this is the third year. It's put up time. Yes. Um you know, the problem never goes away. The need is still there. So, you, you know, you bring in Kerry Hyder who had a good year with the 49ers. But, you know, he's really a rotational guy. Yep. Um, so I, I just don't see any part of a defense that looks like they can, you know, Bobby Wagner up, covers up an awful lot of stuff there, as good as he is. But I just don't see a defense that, can, that you can say safely is a top That's 15 not. defense.
0: No, I'm with you, and that, that's why I do wonder if that pendulum recalibrates at some point and, and the shackles are off offensively because um, I think they're going to have to chuck it around and, and and score a lot of points to win. Um, there was no shortage of quarterback drama in San Francisco the entire offseason. Uh, one of the great capers in NFL history uh, with that early trade and who did they make it for and what are they going to do up top and... Now we know Jimmy G is still there and Trey Lance is waiting in the wings for how long? Who knows? Um, pretty good football team when they're healthy. I think you have to start there with them. But the question is, they haven't been healthy in a while. Like, can they stay healthy? Will they stay healthy? Um, and that's obviously the great unknown with them.
1: Well, I, I mean, you just got to believe that, you know, they're not going to – like Debo Samuel broke his foot in the offseason. You know, George yep. Kittle missed much of the season. Yep. I mean, you just go through a list of great players. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean. Use check. I mean, you, you know, Nick Bosa in the third, you know, second or third game of the season last year. Uh, you know, I mean, I. if they stay reasonably healthy, those players line up and play. They're, they're a really good football team. I think Alex Mack is an upgrade at center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the offensive line should be a strength. They've got some really good run blockers up there, and Trent Williams, and, you know, I expect him to be better this year. They're long, in the,
0: tooth, though, they're long know, in the tooth, though, Baldy. They're long in the tooth. I dead. know, and
1: I know he's missed games, and he's had injuries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's still an elite athlete at that position. Um, I'm, I'm willing to say that he's got uh, – some more,
0: mm-hmm.
1: some more run blocks left in those legs of his. Um, you know, they, they can be a very, very exciting football team because I think defensively, I mean, I think they're very, very solid across the board right now. Uh, at every and Nick Boza makes everybody better, and so you know, I'm I'm sure they'll be on a little bit of a pitch count to start and training camp and all that stuff. But I expect to see Nick Boza, you know, 97 out there. Mm -hmm. Um, coming off and just screaming off the edge like he does. So, um, you know, I I think on paper they they certainly look like a team that can go win you 11 or 12 games right now for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Can Kyle Shanahan navigate this quarterback situation, and do you think he finds ways to get Trey Lance on the field sooner rather than later in that sort of hybrid role, the Taysom Hill, if you will, Because I don't think they want to run Jimmy J and do – you know what I mean? Do stuff outside the pocket with him the way they did when he first got there because of the repeated injuries.
1: Well, they – the 49ers open in Detroit. And I'd be shocked, shocked if Trey Lance doesn't get the ball in his hands Mm -hmm. the opening game of the season. I mean, I just think there's going to be a rotation. Yeah. And I think Kyle understands as well as anybody – the need for continuity at that position, Um, you know, and for a quarterback to find his rhythm. But I think there's going to be packages for Trey Lance, and it's not going to be just a run-read option. I believe that he's going to be given a series. I believe that he's going to be able to throw it. I fully expect Trey Lance to be on the field. And, you know, just the way that sometimes we would probably shake our head when Drew Brees was lined up at wide receiver – Yep. And we just go, that's a Hall of Fame quarterback out there. What is Sean Payton doing? Um, it was it was difficult to defend, yes, and it was effective. And so I expect, you know, this is already going to be a good running football team, um, if this offensive line stays together. And so I expect Trey Lance to help that rushing total, just the way we see mm-hmm. from Lamar, um, the way that we can see from Kyle. Or Kyler, uh, at times the way we saw at times with Carson Wentz, I, mean, I, I expect him this rushing team. You know, and we have seen in playoff games where they might just dial up 15 straight runs in a row. Yeah, and Raheem Mostert might go for 300 game. on you. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, Kyle Channing doesn't care. Uh, you know how they put up 30 points. He wants to get to 30, and if it's running the ball down people's throats and he's seeing the defense break down. And, you know, they're pointing fingers at one another. Uh, there's another run coming. So yeah. I, I I expect Trey Lance to be on the field week one. And, uh, and like I said, I, I don't think it's just to run the football.
0: While we're talking about the Shanahan running game, I figure this is as good a time as any to recognize the passing of Alex Gibbs, one of the true run game innovators in the history of this league, someone who with that outside zone scheme in, in Denver with Mike Shanahan. And for years after years, it was right. Orlandis Gary or Mike Anderson or Clinton Portis or, you know what I mean? TD next guy ups good for 1200 yards. Um, you as someone who, who, Spent your life in the in the trenches, Baldy. Um, your thoughts on Alex Gibbs?
1: Uh, R.I.P. Alex. I mean, he's he was a trendsetter. Uh, I was around Alex for one offseason in between Indianapolis and Philadelphia. He'd come to Indianapolis. I was there and then was, you know, uh, let go and ended up in Philadelphia. So I was around him a little bit. But when he went to Atlanta, when he first went to Atlanta, I was around him a great deal. I was doing the Falcon preseason games there then. And <clears throat> the, there's so many disciples of this run game that is strictly Alex Gibbs. And to watch him coach it, I mean, you really felt like he was an Army sergeant in in, in boot camp, coaching you up on everything from the shine on your boots to uh, the, the, the marching steps. It was military precision of where you had to get to. And there was only one way to do it. Kyle, Kyle has adopted that. He's very, very hard on the group up front. You talk to a guy like, you know, George Kittle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you could run for 200 yards and you could get just reamed for not, you know, not having the right steps, not being in the right place. That's all Alex Gibbs. And, uh, you know, whether it's Tommy Cable right now or John Benton, I mean, you just go through the list of guys in this business that are running this offense, this run game, they're all a disciple of Alex Gibbs. And he made a lot of undersized offensive linemen yes. very viable in this business for a long time.
0: Yeah, the feet and the athleticism, right? Not just the girth.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, you you, you had to be able to run. You had to be able to move. You had to get out of your stance. Um it it was uh, look the wide zone, the outside zone, and everything that came off it. Atlanta with Mike Vick and what they were doing. You know they were terrorizing teams in this in this league. Uh, what they did in Denver, with Terrell Davis and mm-hmm. all the guys that you mentioned, Landis Gary and,
0: and all those guys. I mean it's it's it was a big loss. Baldy, before we move on to the final team in this division, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, with the acres injury and and listening to you speak here about the 49ers the last few minutes if if you had to pick uh, a division winner the best team in this division as currently constituted would you lean to the 49ers
1: yeah i would i would right now i just think that they have the most complete team on paper you know got you know, all that stuff uh they get off to a you know Two road games to start, and really they're going to be heavily favored against the Lions and the Eagles to kind of get started before the Packers come to visit them. I mean, they might have a chance to jump out quick here, you know, and, uh, you know, before they get to that Sunday night game against the Packers, you know, in the third week of the season. Um, and we'll see, you know, where the Packers are. Oh, yeah. But uh, they have a chance to jump out fast here. And um, I, expect, I expect this team to be well coached, and in uh, the quarterback position to be fluid. Uh, you know, a really define I mean the, the most important thing for Kyle is to really define the roles of you know Jimmy G and and Trent. And I think he I think he knows how to I know I think he knows how to lay that out.
0: Well, for my money, there's as much pressure on the Arizona Cardinals as pretty much anybody in this league. And and that may sound silly to some people because it's like, well wait a minute, they're not Super Bowl favorites who who haven't won it yet? You know what? What about the Steelers trying to keep it together with Ben, or what about Baltimore trying to get over the hump with Lamar or Buffalo or any of those teams? But I, I really feel like Baldy. Th- this is kind of put up or shut up time for th- this whole Kingsbury thing and Kyler not making any money still, and the Hopkins trade and all the moves they made. And we can take this thing all the way back to you know the the unraveling of Carson Palmer and extending him and then the whole thing would rose in. And so now here we are year three of Murray. They have, I don't know that they have a ton to hang their hat on. I don't know that people look at that offense and say, Oh my God, it's so well scripted. It's, it's so um, it's so ahead of its time. It, to me, it's kind of like they get in third and long and Kyler saves their ass. I, I, I am fascinated to see with a full offseason and with a full training camp now and, playing in a tough division, if if that franchise is truly ready to take a step up and be playoff viable, because if it's not and I'm running it, I got a lot of pointed questions for a lot of people.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, I think i I just offer you this perspective. I mean, two years ago when Cliff took over, uh, the 2018 Arizona Cardinals were one of the worst teams I've ever seen offensively with Josh Rosen and whoever else is at quarterback, I mean, they were the 32nd ranked offense in almost every single category. I mean, they couldn't score a point uh, a lot of weeks. And to see where they're at right now, which is certainly in the in the top half of both offense and defense. Uh, they have made unbelievable strides under Cliff. Uh, you know, they got to eight and eight last year. And if they're going to turn the corner, they're going to rely on, some aging veterans in JJ Watt and AJ Green. Mm. I mean, they brought them in here to get them over the hump. Uh, and they're gonna count on those guys. So, you know, AJ AJ didn't look anything like AJ last year.
0: Um uh, it's been a it's been a long while since AJ looked like AJ. Well,
1: you know, the year before he was injured. So yes, it's been a while. However, uh, you know, if he if he if there is some fountain of youth there. Um, that they can find in the desert. Uh, And J.J. can, you know, line up for 16 and be a factor because they've got a lot of talent, whether it's Chandler Jones or the young linebackers that, you know, nobody has invested more in linebackers, in Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins in the last two years than than the Arizona Cardinals, which is a little bizarre. But yet, Uh you know, we'll see how they deploy them. And if they can make enough plays to substantiate putting that type of uh, ammunition into that position and to see how you kind of get that out of them. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Uh, baker has been phenomenal. You know, this, I, we're going to see the run game. It, it, it kind of falls on um, really Kyler, you know, and it, because at times he, he just looks like he's just, it looks like arena football to me. And it's just yeah. the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And teams like the New England Patriots last year, which took them apart, said, we're not going to sack you, Kyler but We're not going to let you out of the pocket. And they just, they really had a great formula. And he was throwing the ball, you know, 10 yards, you know, over receivers' heads to the sideline. And, you know, he's going to always have a little bit of an occluded uh, look down the middle of the field. So you can only throw to DeAndre Hopkins so many times, um, you know, to move the ball down the field. So it's got to get moved around. They've got to diversify a little bit, but I think they have a chance to turn the corner and to get to double-digit wins. I think they have that chance. And but to your point, I think it's either this year or it's not going to happen. And so, you know, I think ten wins is certainly possible for this team. Um, you know, the you know the, the quarterback has to he has to improve though. He's got to make some you know so, some more difficult plays like against the Rams that he was capable of doing when, you know, Jalen Ramsey just throws a blanket over DeAndre Hopkins. And where are you going to go with the ball?
0: Yeah, I, I just will go on record. Color me a, a little bit of a skeptic here. Um, I, I I don't, I mean, banking on J.J. Watt to be healthy two years in a row, I I mean, okay. Um, in the process, they've alienated Chandler Jones. Uh And they you mentioned it. they still haven't really figured out the running game when somebody other, you know, with consistency, when somebody other than the quarterbacks doing it. So um, and that's a bear of a division. So, yeah, I I, they're a team that that definitely interests me. I just don't know that they're able to stay on that little, you know, parabola where you win a couple more games each year. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that's in the cards for them. Must excuse the lame pun. But yeah. <laughs> okay. but, but, but we shall see. Um, well, Baldy, when we reconvene, at least the, the Cowboys and the Steelers will be knocking pads as they're playing in the Hall of Fame game, so they are the first to assemble. Um, not sure if I... I yeah, I, I'm still waiting. I, I'm not positive if I will have already been to a camp by the time we talk next. My suspicion is I will have seen at least um, the Baltimore Ravens. But we we have we have found a way to navigate through the dog days yep. of the offseason and and come out on the other side. Um, as always, we thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Please follow us, subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Odyssey app, what have you. We appreciate the feedback and appreciate you guys listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Lock and four. You can find Baldy and his immaculate breakdowns on Twitter at Baldy NFL. And we will talk to you guys next week when camps are officially underway.